It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is ESPN Radio. A little Freddie and Harry in the morning because that's going to start next Tuesday. Freddie and Harry in the afternoon, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time with me, Freddie, coming to Harry Douglas. We're giving you a little taste on this Labor Day weekend presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us for the AM Thang on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as ESPNU. College football getting started last night. And a little reunion. Having it right now because we got Trevor Maddich in studio, ESPN College Football Analyst, co-host of College Game Day with Matt Chick, Trevor Maddich, and Matt Sims. That happens tomorrow. But Harry Douglas, Trevor, has something to say to you having this little College Game Day reunion that we got going on right now. Yeah, Trevor, uh, you and Matt, I, I first started doing ESPN radio with you guys. And you guys made me so comfortable to the fact that uh, I felt like every week I, I had to get more and more. Like, you know how Pookie was in New Jack City. Uh, Scotty is calling me, man. I need that hit. Help me, you know, Trevor. I'm going to die. It was to the point, Freddie, where I was trying my best not to me- miss a show because right. I had started doing game day, like, late in that season, too. So I didn't care. I was double dipping, man. I was doing game day. I would go to my room just so I could be with my guys, Trevor and, and, and wow. Matt. But y'all guys, man, you know, set the tone for me when it came to ESPN Radio. And I, and I can't thank y'all enough, Trevor, for real. Harry, we miss you. We miss you. I mean, Matt Chick, he and I, we, we talk about you all the time. And the thing is, it's like everything is, is good. It's like you walk into a room with the light on and everything looks fine. Right. And then Harry Douglas walks in and it's like somebody turned on another light. No doubt. And it's better. Absolutely. It's bigger. And, and that's the way it was with you from the very beginning. And, and the thing that we appreciated was that you were really the light of that show. And yet you were, I mean, you, you had an attitude towards it like you were appreciative. Not like, hey, I'm Harry and I'm showing up. It's like you were appreciative to be there and that was part of your light. And less, listeners of this show know full well what I'm talking about, Harry. We miss you a lot. Appreciate it, bud. See, that's what I love about this. Guys having reunions like this, talking college football, talking ball. And both of you guys, I've known you guys for more than a minute. Just to see what both of you guys have been able to go from point A to point B to point C to point D, that's gratifying for me because I always learn something extra anytime I listen to you guys talk college football. Trevor, what are you doing on college game day? Also on TV, Harry, I'm about to do a show with him starting next week. It's always cool for me as a college football guy that I learned something additional when you guys run, no matter what you, who you're talking about. Well, plus, I mean, you're, you're kind of the OG of ESPN. Right? <laughs> not, not, not yes. kind of, I am. You're like, you're like, oh, I mean, when I first got, I, this is my 20th year. Yep. And early we got it around the same career, time. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember coming on the air with you, Freddie. So it's, uh, you know, and it's, it's always been wonderful. I mean, this is kind of like a reunion. So please please forgive me for gushing a little bit, no, audience, but uh, no. it's a thrill for me to be on with both of these guys. No doubt about the Trevor Maddox ESPN College Football and it's like we mentioned, co-host of College Game Day on ESPN Radio each and every Saturday with Matt Schick, Trevor Maddox, and Matt Sims will be there together. He joins Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas in studio this morning on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. I hate to do this to Nebraska fans because it should be a new beginning. You got Matt Rule. You had 92,000 people for your volleyball team setting a new world record for a most attended event for a women's sporting event in this country. But Trevor and Harry, Nebraska, Nebraska again. Had to leave versus Minnesota. 
couldn't win that close game. They lose 13-10. to 10. I know it's not going to be different, but what did you see from Nebraska? You say to yourself, okay, this could be different, even though Nebraska, Nebraska themselves again losing to Minnesota last night. Yeah, Freddie, I thought it would be because I know Matt Rule from Baylor. On part of my offseason tour, I stopped there and I visited with him and talked to him about especially defense, You know how he was able to turn Temple into such a defensive powerhouse at the mid-major level, put tons of guys into the NFL from Temple right. from his defense, then he went and did the same thing at Baylor and elevated that offense as well and turned it around from the debacle that had been Baylor football because of off-the-field scandal. And the things that he did at Baylor would translate anywhere. It's focused on discipline, tackling. And he, from a defensive standpoint, told me he didn't have the philosophy that he would simplify things so guys could play faster. He said, no, we're going to put them in the best position to succeed on every single play, and we expect them to understand it and be able to execute it. And I'm watching the Nebraska defense play really well. Now, part of that, too, Minnesota's offense wasn't clicking on all cylinders. But but they were playing really well. And with five minutes to go, they were up 10-3, to three, and it looked like Nebraska was going to get their first win under Matt Rule, and they it looked like they were going to expunge the one-score loss demon that had been their bugaboo for years. Nope. Nope. No, because they're up 10-3, to three, right? Nope, yep. They have the ball at midfield. Mm-hmm. So they're, it's first down. They're trying to run the clock out. They hand the ball off. Running back is about four or five yards downfield. Nice gain. And he gets big Nebraska eyes. And he sees that big end zone for a big Nebraska touchdown. And he thinks, you know, I'm going to make a, even a bigger play. So instead of squeezing that ball high and tight, which will slow you down a little bit, he went ahead and let the ball come away from his body because he saw that there were no tacklers around him in his line of vision. And he was going to make a play. What he didn't see was a tackler coming from behind. Swatted the ball out. Minnesota gets it. And they drive it down for a touchdown. They tie the game. Now Nebraska gets the ball back. Uh, what happens? About a minute to go. Interception. Mm-hmm. Midfield. Mm-hmm. And they drive the ball down. Minnesota does to kick the walk-off game-winning field goal in Nebraska, which just minutes before thought that they had finally won one of those close one-score games. They lost another one. Now, Matt Rule, the coach, actually I liked what he said afterwards. He said, you know, we committed four turnovers in this game. Mm-hmm. Three were interceptions by Jeff Sims, the quarterback. And yet they still had to kick an, a walk-off field goal at home, Minnesota, to, to beat us. That's what he said. And I, th- I thought that was a positive spin on it that he really had to do. But for Nebraska fans, you've already had your stomach ripped out, your spleen in your liver, and this was your gallbladder. (laughs) For goodness sake, when is this going to end? Well, and, and I will say this for like for Jeff Sims because coming into the season, and I and and I also Trevor when I'm when I'm critiquing these college kids, I'm, I'm also careful too because you know they are young and you know you you want all of them to do so well. Um, But at the end of the day, Jeff Sims, when he transferred to Nebraska, I said it was two things that he had to focus on. Number one, being more precise as a passer and his completion percentage and taking care of the football. And in that game, it's it's crazy because as good as he was rushing the football, when it came to the pass game, like that interception before halftime, really I was pulling my hair out in here (laughs) because there was a guy underneath like wide open for a touchdown. But at worst, if you're Matt Rule, you're saying to yourself, we're going to walk out of here with three points. And you didn't get any. And you end up losing by three points. So I, I, I want Matt Rule to 
figure out how he's going to make sure Jeff Sims is okay, right, moving forward. Because from a narrative throughout his entire career has been, okay, he's not accurate as a passer. He turns the football over. That's some of the things that we've seen in this first game at Nebraska. So now immediately I understand you're in coach mode a lot, but now it kind of it's a sense of he has to go in dad mode. Like, how, how am I going to get my child in this confidence uh, so it's not down in the dirt so our team can move forward as well? Yeah, kind of like Freddie with us. In that, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> Nebraska goes to That's Colorado. That's breaking news. Yeah, right? <laughs> Nebraska goes to Colorado next week. And Colorado's got a couple of shutdown corners. Yes, they do. Right? One of them's going to be a first-round draft choice. The other one will probably be drafted as well. And here comes Jeff Sims and the Nebraska passing attack that struggled so mightily against Minnesota. So we'll see what happens next week. The drama is building right now. Yeah, speaking of building drama, Alan Yates hit it. This is going to Pete Thamel, ESPN NFL, ESPN College Football Insight and College Football Reporter. ACC presidents and chancellors have voted this morning to extend invitations to Stanford, California, and SMU to join the ACC wow. to push that league to 18 teams. That's what sources told ESPN's Pete Thamel. Trevor, your thoughts, and then Harry, piggyback after that. This is inoculation. They don't want to become like the Pac-12. Absolutely. Good you know, point. Where you have some teams leave, some of them unexpectedly, and all of a sudden, the Pac-12 after this football season will disappear in a shower of sparks, as we know it. Just poof, and they're gone. And who was the Pac-12 going to bring in to replace all those teams that were gone? There was nobody available that could have the buyout from their own conference and yep. all the different things, the grant of rights. and they, they, They're stuck not even able to expand right now very easily. So the ACC is looking at this. And by bringing in those teams... What they do is they pad their roster of teams so that if somebody's able to figure out contractually how to get out of the grant of rights right. before 2036, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to be down yeah. to you know eight teams, right? And if they end up uh, at 2036, if somebody's mad enough to leave, and several are, they still have guys there. Because if they don't bring these teams in, think about it. Let's fast forward to 2036 because it will come. And let's say that Florida State and Clemson and, and North Carolina and some others say, fine, we're, we're, we're done with this. We're, we have an invitation at some other places and we're going to go. Who would the ACC bring in? Who, think about it. Who right. are the teams they'd bring in? Yeah. Now by bringing in two Power 5 teams from California and, you know, you've got SMU in Dallas. In the American Athletic Conference, yep. Who's in Dallas, right? You, you bring them in now, it, it pads your roster in case you have an exodus so that you don't go – Poof in the shower of sparks like the Pac-12. And I, and I understand the logic behind it. Um, I'm a Louisville alum, so I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of it. Mm-hmm. Because when you, you look at the travel and you look at, you know, football drives revenue for all these universities. Absolutely. And when you look at how, you know, Louisville is going to be going to Stanford to play or Cal or vice versa – do you really think that's going to be beneficial for the ACC and these universities when it comes to the money side of things? No, I don't think so at all. But it is what it is. Um, this is a decision that they made. I, I will continue to say I don't agree with it. Uh-huh. But it is what it is. One thing I can say about Stanford is that across the board, even though Stanford isn't good in football, uh, they're good in volleyball. They're good in baseball. They're good in women's basketball. They're good at a lot of other sports. So you do have that piece of it. I just don't see, outside of what Trevor mentioned, I don't see the win for the ACC 
um, outside of the one the one point that Trevor made. We're going to continue this discussion. Pete Thamel, ESPN College Insider, just reporting that ACC presidents and chancellors have voted this morning to extend invitation to Stanford, California, SMU. Now the ACC is going to have 18 teams. We'll talk about that landscape, how it affects not just college football, but other big-time college sports. We'll do that. Whichever matters, stay with us in studio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. So is it going to be the ACPC? The Atlantic Coast Pacific Conference? It'll, it'll be the AC-18. <laughs> the AC-18? Yeah. The 18 AC? It's going to be something. You got Freddie and Harry this morning. Freddie Coleman, that's me. Harry Douglas, that's him. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. I'm Matt Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Analyst, also on College Game Day each and every Saturday morning, joining us in studio because the ACC has welcomed not only Stanford, not only California, but also SMU with open arms. And this good hands moment of the week is brought to you by Allstate. With insurance of Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. So now the ACC is going to have 18 teams. The Big Ten has 300 teams. The SEC has everybody else. And then you have the Big 12 saying, we'll take everybody else. And meanwhile, you got Oregon State and Washington State going, what do we do? Where do we go? In terms of ramifications, Trevor, what does this move, this latest move, really mean for college athletics? Well, for those two schools, if they don't get an invite to a, a power, existing Power 5 conference, which I don't think they will, then they go from $25, $30 million a year income funding an athletic budget designed for that kind of cash flow right. to maybe $5 million a year that the Mountain West is providing. I mean, so, I mean, sports will be gone. Coaches will be gone. All kinds of things change because of that. Yep. And, 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 and that's yeah. huge because when – and it's unfortunate, too, when, when you look at Washington State, Oregon State. Um, who are the other two? Who am I missing? Oregon State, Washington State. That's it. Oh, they're the only it's, two, yeah. They're, not, two. they're not a pack two. Yeah. yeah. They're two-pack, the two-pack. Two that's but what let they me are tell, right let now. Me t- let me tell you what's crazy about that, especially when you look at Oregon State. Oregon State is ranked 18th in the country right now as a football program. Yeah. Right? With, with a top, I would say, four offensive line in, the, in college football as well. There are high hopes for this program, and they're already not going to get that Oregon Oregon State rivalry game at the end of the year that know. you know so many people in the state of Oregon look forward to. But potentially missing out on that revenue money, that money, uh, that's 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 huge, man. In 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 a bad way, 
for 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 their program if they can't find one of these other conferences to go to. Yeah, and then one of these power conferences to go to, I should say. Yeah, and then people are talking about the rivalry games going away. Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, mm-hmm. Washington State, two of the most bitter, passionate, wonderful rivalries mm-hmm. yeah. in all of college sports. And and those might go away because they might not be able to to, to play non conference when you've got eighteen twenty teams yeah. in your own conference. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, we don't need to lose the civil yeah. war when it comes to Oregon, Oregon State, or from the a, Apple Cup when it comes to Washington, Washington State. But we're going to lose both of those games. And from a financial standpoint, just just some of the the consequences that you can foresee coming, uh, the the smaller teams, the FCS teams, the Group of Five yep. teams mm-hmm. that fund much of their athletic budget by going to play Alabama the week before the Auburn game, right? that kind of a thing, they might lose those games now. And so there's lots of trickle down, and we'll see what happens. There might be a, a revenue-sharing thing to kind of help keep a lot of those places afloat. But from a from a standpoint of, of what bad could happen, there's a lot there. But from a standpoint of what good could happen, because okay. I don't know that there's enough attention paid to this. Lots of things are weird. We'll lose some rivalry games. Okay, but we lost Nebraska-Oklahoma. That used to be appointment viewing just like Texas – or excuse me, yeah, just like – Ohio State, Michigan, right? Everybody wanted to see that that game, good versus evil. The Friday after Thanksgiving. That's right. And so um, Nebraska-Oklahoma, that game went away. And nostalgic people miss it. But most people now, it's like, well, whatever, right? And so things change and the sport doesn't die. But now you're going to see Michigan rolling into Austin Stadium in Oregon, right? Awesome. USC is going to play at Penn State. And at Ohio State. Right? Yeah. And so th- there's a lot of new avenues that are open, and I think it's going to make a, a real difference in what's going to end up happening from a national championship slash NFL model standpoint. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Trevor, because, you know, you have your cons, but there are also pros to it. Uh, when I look at Ohio State in Oregon and in Oregon being able to beat Ohio State early a few years ago, when I look at, you know, Washington and Michigan playing a few years ago, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing those two teams compete. Also, this Texas-Alabama thing. Mm-hmm. We've seen a game in Texas and Alabama last year that was phenomenal that came down to the wire. And now those two teams are going to play this year. But with Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC, I'm pretty sure we would see uh, uh, more of that. So I, I think there's some – listen, Arthur Blank, the owner for the Atlanta Falcons, he has a book called Get Co- Good Company. And one of the pillars in that book is that you have to innovate continuously. And I think, yes, there are cons to the realignment across college football, but there are also some bright sides to it, too. There are new rivalries that are going to be made within everything that's going on. So there are positives to look at. It's just not we just can't sit up here and, you know, and point out the negative things with everything that's going on in college football. Great stuff by Trevor Maddich, ESPN Cowsball analyst, joining us in studio. Great stuff from Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman, a little Freddie and Harry in the morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN. You the big news of the day, according to Pete Thamel, ESPN Cowsball insider and reporter, SMU, Stanford and Cal will be joining the ACC. The additions will be in all sports and that's going to begin next year, 2024-2025 school year. Cal, Stanford, and SMU will come at a significant discount. That will help create a revenue pool to be shared among ACC members. SMU is expected to come in for seven years with no broadcast media revenue, and both Cal and Stanford were expected to receive 30% shares of ACC payouts. They're coming to this conference saying, you know what? They literally have hat in hand when it comes to SMU, 
Cal and Stanford. They're just like in Cinderella, man. They, right now, they are, they are gentlemen Jim Corbett going across the river begging for scraps because that's where they are because Cal, Stanford, and SMU did not want to be left out of potential power conference situation, Trevor and Harry. Trevor, you can start first and say, we don't want to be where Oregon State and Washington State is now because we have way too much money to spend for our, our athletic programs, not just in football. Yeah, and they're they're in the American now. But going to the ACC, they'll make a lot more money eventually. This kind of feels to me like SMU is saying to Florida State and Clemson and others in the ACC, please vote for us. We'll give you all of our, our revenue for a while. You can split it amongst yourselves. Please vote for us. Take our horses, our wives, our children, our food. But we want to join. Just take but, it but all. That, but that's three the risk. A gourd. That's, yes. that's the risk you're willing to take, though, right? When, when you're When you're backed into a corner, especially if you're Cal and Stanford, like the assumption is that at some point you will be able to get equal revenue share, right? But that point is not right now. Money, as our, as our friend Q Myers, who's about to do Game Night on ESPN Radio starting on Tuesday, he said it best, guys. Money is undefeated. And why is that bad? I didn't say it was bad. No, I'm no, just no, saying but, what but it people is. Do. I hear people lamenting that there's too much money in college football. Too much money. What are you talking about too much money? There's no such thing as too much money. I wish I had too much money. Money isn't the problem. What you do with the money can be a problem. Right. But having the money there gives you a lot of options. Now, there's going to be a lot more schools or a few schools that will have a lot more and a whole bunch of them that Mm -hmm. are going to struggle badly. And that's a different kind of a problem that college football is going to have to work out. But for the people that are in the, the SEC and the Big Ten, Making around thirty million a year, mm. a, year a year per school, yeah, more than the Big Twelve and the ACC. That money's not a problem for them. No, not at all. And but real quick, I, I warn people about this, guys. The minute that the pandemic slowed down in 2020, and a lot of people had to have jobs furloughed, athletic budgets were slashed. To your point, toward people losing jobs, I said, how are they going to make that money back? They're going to be determined to make that money back. And they've made that money back on the road to that because of television. Because people want to see live sports. They want to see live football. They want to see live basketball. They want to see live baseball. And people are willing to pay for that. That's why the bidding war will continue to go on. Because college athletics knows that people will want to watch or want to stream. And that money revenue, that money stream, that seems to have no end to that track more than ever before. And what we don't know is what new sources of competition for that streaming or that those broadcast rights will come in in the future as mm-hmm. technology evolves. Amazon, Apple TV. Well, hold on, guys. Go There's ahead. this group called Wu-Tang. Cash rules everything <laughs> around it. Get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> if, you got some, if you got some pockets and they're empty, <laughs> you're going to be empty and left out when it comes to that. Can't wait to have Trevor Maddox once again part of College Game Day on ESPN Radio that happens tomorrow from 3p to 7pm Eastern Time with Matt Chick and Matt Sims because he had an alum reunion here with Harry Douglas and he joined us in studio. Love you, man. Yeah, love you, Harry and Freddie. You too, man. You guys are two of my favorite people. Well, we really appreciate that. You're one of our favorites as well, man. Keep up the great work, Trevor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great stuff about Trevor Maddox joining us in studio. You can hit him on the exit. T. Maddox joining Freddie Cohen and Harry Douglas this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPNU. We flip things back to the National Football League. We gave you our division winners in the NFC last hour. In five minutes, you get our division winners in the AFC. Stick and stay with ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is ESPN Radio. You're going to find out how the Wu-Tang Clan, Harry Douglas, and the ACC will all be in the same sentence. That comes to you in 30 minutes. A little Freddie and Harry for you in the morning. I'm Freddie Coleman. He's Harry Douglas, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, and also on ESPNU. So last hour, we gave you all the division winners in the NFC. I want winners. Well, we're going to do the same thing now when it comes to the <laughs> AFC. And as usual, we're going to have a little flow underneath us. We bring in our man, Pat Costell. He's going to be the voice of everything we do when it comes to this, because if you want it. I want winners. We're going to give you each and every winner in each and every division in the AFC. So, Pat Costello, where do we start? Pratt, tell them your nickname first. Tell the world your nickname I have for you, Pat. The Sam- AFC East. <laughs> That's not the nickname. Tick, okay, Project tick, Pat, take us out. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> The so, AFC East. There you go. So, we got the Buffalo Bills who won this division the last couple of years. You got the Jets not have Aaron Rodgers. I know you're saying, who? Who's that? You got the Miami Dolphins made the playoffs without Tua Tungvaluwa. And New England Patriots had all that turmoil, but still are a top 10, potential top 8 defense. Who you got winning the AFC East? I'm going to go with the New York Jets. Uh, I love the addition of Aaron Rodgers, right? I think he's going to be able to bring a different dimension for the quarterback position. When you looked at last season, between the three quarterbacks that they actually had, I thought it was incompetent play. No quarterback that they had completed over 60% of their passes. But now you're bringing in a guy um, in which this offense was ranked 29th in scoring. If they were a little bit better, they probably would have made the playoffs. And that's going to be complemented with a defense that only gave up 18.6 points per game, which was fourth in the National Football League. Aaron Rodgers is going to be a difference, a difference maker. We know that defense is going to be top five. They were 11th and third down defense. You have stars across of it when you look at Quentin Williams and also Sauce Gardner. I even like C.J. Mosley at the linebacker position. But when I look at 2022 and how they were able to beat the Buffalo Bills, with a Zach Wilson. And Vaughn Miller was playing in that game as well, mm-hmm. right? And sacking um, Josh Allen and forcing him to turn the football over and then still having an opportunity to, to try to win that game and the second time around, uh, that's why I'm rocking with the New York Jets. Okay. A lot of people say they were a quarterback away. I felt like if they had a guy like Aaron Rodgers, they would be good. I hope you're right as a Jets fan. 
because believe me, I've had too many years of J-E-T-S just in the season. I've been really tired of that when it comes <laughs> to the New York Jets. So I hope that you're right, but I'm still going to slide to the Buffalo Bills way. I know they're not going to have Von Miller the first four games, but Greg Rousseau is ready to take Which that step huge, up. Yeah, it's, it's massive. Yeah, you missed that leadership. I think Greg Rousseau is going to step up and really be the kind of pass for they thought they were getting out of Miami. He was pretty good in his rookie season. Ed Oliver is one of the best defensive tackles in football that nobody talks about. That defense is still going to be good, especially if Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer can stay healthy at the safety position. Offensively, I'm going to circle these names. James Cook and Damian Harris. Mm-hmm. If they're able to run the ball more effectively – now you don't have Josh Allen trying to be the best running back at the quarterback position. And, yeah, he has to reduce interceptions. He's got to be better in the red zone. He's got to be better in decision-making. I believe he's going to do that. A big key, Stephon Diggs named the team captain. They didn't do that to placate him. They did it because they knew exact kind of leadership he's going to bring to the table. He said it means a lot. Having those kind of little things like that and motivation, I still got the Buffalo Bills winning the AFC East when it's all said and done. The AFC North. I think this is going to be the best division in football. Oh, you got, 100%. Yeah, you got two teams in Baltimore and Cincinnati will be fighting at the top of that division. You had a Pittsburgh Steelers team last year to win their last four games and just missed making the playoffs. You got a Browns defense going to be really good. Deshaun Watson can look anything like we were able to see the last times on the football for the Houston Texans. I think this potential of four teams winning at least nine games could happen in AFC North. But Harry Douglas, who wins it? I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's it's crazy, and this is why it's crazy for me that I'm saying that, because the last two seasons, uh, before Lamar Jackson got hurt last year, they were leading the AFC North. The year before, in 2021, before Lamar Jackson got hurt, the Baltimore Ravens were the best team in the AFC as a conference. But one of the things that 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 has swayed me to the Cincinnati Bengals is, you know, Joe Burrow at the quarterback position and also the health factor. Right. Right? I think the Cincinnati Bengals have been more of the healthier team the last two years than the Baltimore Ravens. Now, if the Baltimore Ravens can stay healthy, my goodness, a lot of people watch out because they have those skill position players now, and Lamar Jackson has those, have, have, uh, has those guys at his disposal, uh, disposal. So really looking forward to this division being, you know, cutthroat, you yeah. know, down and dirty, right. physical. But I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals because of the health side of things. I go back to the Baltimore Ravens that after they beat the Carolina Panthers on November 20th, they were 7-3 and three and had the best record in the AFC. And then everything unraveled, injuries to Lamar Jackson, injuries on defense. They're going to right that wrong this year. I'm with you about Cincinnati because they're the mo- I'm not going to say they're the most complete team outside of Kansas in the AFC, but they got all that you want. That defense is going to be better. But I just look at what they've added with Zay Flowers. And Rashad Bateman, who before he got injured, was really tearing up things for the Baltimore Ravens. You add an Odo Beckham Jr. We know they're going to run the football effectively, and Lamar Jackson won't have to do all of that. And then you go to those filthy McNasties on defense that mm-hmm. can get after people. Even they had all those injuries, they still were a top 10 defense in the National Football League. And now you got Roquan Smith there for the whole year. You got Michael Pierce, one of the most underrated defensive tackles at the nose tackle position. Their secondary, Kyle Hamilton, is going to be an all pro, by, in my opinion, by the end of this year at the strong safety. It's going to be the best division in football. But after the bloodbath is all over, I think it's the Baltimore Ravens. They'll be bloodied. They'll be beaten. They'll be bruised. But they'll be number one. And, and, and I'm not even mad at that pick, though. Because I'm not mad like, at your Bengals pick, either. Like it's, it's, you could go either way and be, and be satisfied as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. Giving our division winners in the AFC when it comes to Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, 6XM Channel 80, as well as ESPNU. I want winners. All right, Pat Costello. 
the AFC West. I know we have to hurry up a little bit. We're running out of time. Okay, well, let's not waste too much time. The Kansas City Chiefs, hands down. uh, We don't even need an explanation of why. Yeah, exactly. What he said. (laughs) Let's move on to the next one. The AFC South. All right, now Jacksonville came out of his division last year with the Tennessee Titans. Houston Texans in transition. Once again, a new coaching staff. You also have the other team in that division, Indianapolis Colts. They're in transition with a new coaching staff and a new quarterback. We have two rookies starting in this division quarterback, C.J. Stroud in Houston and Anthony Rich in Indianapolis Colts. Who do you like and why? Could the camera please be put back on me? Oh, Lord. Here we go. Look at this. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans, ladies Look and gentlemen. At you. I know everybody's been on Jacksonville. Even a month and a half ago, I was on Jacksonville too. But things have changed. They okay. went out and got a guy in DeAndre Hopkins. Right? They got a number one wide receiver. I think that is huge for this offense. They traded away AJ Brown, and things was a disaster uh-huh. when it came to the receiving core for the Tennessee Titans. I think he is going to also help Traylon Burks uh, be a, a a better wide receiver in year two. DeAndre Hopkins, that is. We cannot forget that they have a guy named Derek Henry, who I still think is the best running back in the National Football League. You can argue with your mama, your auntie. Don't argue with me. I don't care. I'm rocking with Derek (laughs) King damn Henry. That's who I'm rolling with. But when you look at their defense, right, and Jeffrey Simmons, and they're getting Harold Landry the third back, who was a double-digit sack guy before he uh, got injured and couldn't play last year. You look at Tier Tart, Danico Autry. They went over and brought a guy in Arden Key, um, you know, who some of their players tell me has been phenomenal for their team uh, as well. And you look at the linebacker position, you go uh, to San Francisco and get a guy, Al Shire, who I think is going to be okay. uh, dynamic for their team as well. I think their defensive line is going to pose some issues on a consistent basis to their opponents. Okay. So that's why I'm rocking with the Tennessee Titans and the AFC, uh, AFC South. Okay. This is a team now yeah. that basically gave it to the Jacksonville Jaguars. See, sure. a lot of people don't want to – they want to bring that up. They basically gave it to the Jacksonville Jaguars last year because of the injuries um, and, and people not being available on their team. Okay. I like the pick, but I'm not going there. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I think Trevor Lawrence is going to make that step up. And remember that he has a certain guy named Calvin Ridley on his Ooh, football Lord. team yes, that did. was out for a year. When Oof. he's right and he's going to be right, that guy is an elite wide receiver in the National Football League. There's not a route that he can't run that you can try to knock him out. Travis Etienne Jr. is going to be terrific running back once again. And now they added Tank Bigsby as a perfect backup for him where he doesn't have to do anything. That defense should be better. Keep an eye on Josh Allen. I think he get 12 sacks this year from the weak side linebacker position. I love what you said about Tennessee, but I'm going to slide that way to Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they win this division, and they could be hell on wheels in a loaded AFC. Something very important for Trevor Lawrence. What's that? In the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. You got to get off to a fast start in 2023. That's yes. what I want to see from Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville uh, heading into this season. But then if you get them behind, they got you right where they want you. Ask the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> when it comes to that. I want winners. We give you each and every winner in the AFC division with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us for Little Freddie and Harry this morning on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as ESPNU. We love our coworkers, but sometimes when they say something, we all of a sudden say to ourselves, Man, I'm going to have a ball spot in my head from scratching it. We'll get to that next if you keep it here. I want winners. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. A little Freddie and Harry in the morning because get used to that because that's going to be the afternoon show on ESPN Radio starting on Tuesday from 3p to 7pm Eastern Time. So tune in, but you get a little taste right now with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. So it's XM Channel 80 and don't forget about us on ESPNU. We love our co-workers. We enjoy them immensely. We love their work, but sometimes they'll say something. They'll leave Harry and I going, Err? <laughs> and we got three instances of that from some of our coworkers this week. For example, we start with Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. When he was on Get Up and You Also Can Catch, Harry Dawson that does a great job hanging out with Mike Greenberg and the rest of the guys. Mike Tannenbaum firmly believes Sean Payne may be in Denver, but he will not be able to fix Russell Wilson. And when that happens, this is going to be the end result. Russell Wilson will absolutely be benched this year. It's Ooh. not a matter of if, but when. And here's why. Sean Payton is in year one, and Jeff Darlington, his job description is to win championships, not to make sure that Russell Wilson is a good player. Sean will look at this as an opportunity and say, hey, I got Patrick Sertan, I got Jerry Judy, I got great young players. The best way to motivate them is to bench the quarterback, and that's what they're going to do. All right, Harry, have at it. <laughs> the, thing, the thing about it is that um, when, it, when you talk about can Sean Payton fix Russ, I can sit up here and honestly say I don't know because when you look at the styles that that the two bring to the table, Sean Payton, his offenses, uh, it's all about timing, rhythm, precision, multiple personnel groupings, not mm-hmm. sitting back there holding the ball, getting the ball out of your hands quickly. Right. It is contrast to what Russell Wilson has done his entire career. Mm-hmm. I would top that uh, also with I wasn't sold on what I've seen in the preseason. Okay. Right from the Denver Broncos. And one of those preseason games, it, it literally took them, I think, drive four or five before they actually went down and scored a touchdown and you had good plays. Uh, but you also seen some things where you're, you know, you're squinting your eyes from Russell Wilson, also from the offensive line, and also drops from receivers and running backs, some of the things that occurred last season. And I say that because when you look at the schedule and how the season starts for the Denver Broncos, they have the Raiders, the Commanders, the Dolphins, and the Chicago Bears. In those first four games, I think Russ should be able to – he should be able to right. to show that, you know, he can be the quarterback for this team. Right. But let's just say hypothetically things don't go so well. Mm-hmm. The next two games are against the Jets and that defense and then Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. So I can easily see yep. if Russell isn't on board with Sean Payton is preaching and what he's teaching – a guy like Sean Payton, who I, you know, played against a lot when he was with the Saints and I was with the Falcons, and I know his mindset, I can easily see him saying, you know what, 
we're going to go to the next guy, especially if they aren't winning and it's looking sloppy. It's not looking good. Well, I will say this when it comes to, and I'm going to quote Deion Sanders, not a Colorado coach, but when he played, when he used to work for the NFL Network, first name Russell, last name Wilson. <laughs> if this doesn't work out early on, he's going to be first name on the last name bench because yep. Sean Payton is the sheriff in town. Russell Wilson had his chance to be the dude, and it didn't work out for him and Nathaniel Hackett. Sean Payne is like, look, I didn't pay you. It's not my money, and I didn't bring you in here. If it's not working out to my liking, he has that voice of management to say, yeah, I think we need to go in a different direction. It's going to be a dastardly cap hit when it comes to money, but we got to think about the future of the franchise and not about the feelings of Russell Wilson, even though I still think that's not going to be the case. Speaking of outlandish statements, speaking of get up. Mike Greenberg, the point guard of that show, also ESPN radio host, Greeny with Matt Greenberg, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern time. He believes that at a certain point, the Dallas Cowboys are going to move on from Dak Prescott and that they're going to trade him for who? The Jets have a young quarterback they drafted very high who has shown himself to be nowhere near ready to play. And they think they have a championship caliber roster. So what do they do? They go out and they get themselves an aging veteran who might be able to give them one or two years and a shot at a Super Bowl and maybe mentor the young kid towards being able to play. Mm-hmm. So what is Jerry Jones perhaps thinking? What's How about that? thinking about a Super Bowl winning veteran quarterback okay. who might want to finish his career uh-huh. in his hometown right. of Dallas, Texas and? and mentor a young player mm-hmm. in a year or two okay. to being ready to take over the reins. Right. That young player could be Trey Lance. I could easily see a world in which a year from today, Dak Prescott is way better off being the quarterback of Tampa or Minnesota or Mm. Denver or Mm. someplace where they really want him. Uh And Matthew Stafford is the starting quarterback of his hometown Dallas Cowboys. What? (laughs) Well, let let me say this. In In defense of Greeny? I, I was the person that was up there like, oh, man, it, it probably does sound good. But, no, I'm retracting that. <laughs> <laughs> I like to amend hey, you know, my reaction. You know, sometimes we make mistakes, you know, and I'm not too much of a, of a uh, I don't have pride to, to admit to, to admit when I, you know. When you're wrong. I was up there agreeing. I was like, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, no, nah, because when you look at Dak Prescott, um, he's younger. Yes. You know, he – Healthier. He's more d- durable. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at it, I understand Matthew Stafford has been phenomenal in the National Football League. Um, and he went to the Rams and won them a Super Bowl. But it's not a guarantee he's going to be able to do that. Right. With the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Right. It's not a guarantee. Like the offense that he ran um, with Sean McVay, those guys were on the same page through and through. Who say he's going to be on the same page when he gets to, to the Dallas Cowboys if Mike McCarthy is still the coach uh, then, right? All right, uh, all right. Uh, enough of this football talk. But the best <laughs> moment that happened on Get Up, okay. and Harry then can explain this, was everyone knows there's a segment called Sneaky Hembo. Uh-huh. The analyst, one of the analysts <laughs> battles Hembo on a trivia question. Our friend Harry Douglas has been, was doing it the last two days, and this interaction ensued after Harry got it right. I can't believe you had the audacity to disrespect me yesterday when I walked in this building. And I'm two foot two since you have been back. Sneaky himbo, my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what did himbo do to you? No, it it was all fun and games. I know, uh, but still. When when I walked in, so every morning when I walk in the seaport, yeah. You know, I say good morning to everyone. I'm high energized, and I just want to see everyone smiling, man. Uh-huh, absolutely. And, um, 
I, I, I said, I seen him. But I was like, well, look what the wind and blew in the building. <laughs> look what the wind. So we started joking. And he was like, I'm gone for two to, for two weeks. And you're doing all this dancing. I was like, you've been gone for four damn months, first of all. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> two weeks and four months is a, is a, is a, is a, a big difference. <laughs> and he was like, you're doing all this dancing. I got something for you today. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, do you? So when I was able to get the question right uh, that day, and then I was able to get it right the, uh-huh. the second day in a row, I just felt some type of way. It was all fun and games. It like Himbo, Himbo is my guy now. Yes, Himbo, he is. He's, he's, Himbo's my guy. By the Google the video, you're welcome. You will not be disappointed with Harry <laughs> Douglas just described. You're going to follow Harry Douglas' upset with this conference in big-time athletics. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.